Hey, your streak is on some seven or eight now, no? How many? Since you've joined, you've not missed an ep. You're the Deepak Huda of this podcast. Currently, <laughs> since his debut, India has won 14 in a row, it seems. Oops. Rajesh Chauhan, I think, is the uh, is the guy who, who has that record of uh, India not losing any of the tests he has played. This is true of uh, Karun Nair and Sanju Samson. <laughs> <laughs> TV Empire to director, we have a player review. Can we rock and roll, please? Hello and welcome to Bits and Pieces, the friendliest cricket podcast. This is the podcast equivalent of the Goa plans you make with your friends when you get drunk. Everyone's super excited initially. There's much raucous laughter and hilarity. And then you wake up the next morning and ask yourself what the fuck that was all about before trying to distance yourself from it as much as possible. This is episode 32, recorded right in the middle of the long weekend on 14th August 2022. And for once, it seems everyone's Goa plans have come together. So at the stroke of the midnight hour, while the world parties in Goa, the rest of India shall wake up to bits and pieces with the three friends who finally managed to get together and record this episode. And while it seems like a tryst with destiny, based on the opinions we provide on this pod, it's more likely to be a tryst with density. Unless we are talking about Sharjah 98, in which case it would be a tryst with dust in eye. Ah, who can forget the desert storm? But the only storm we'll cover this week is the one we stir up in a teacup. So without a hiccup, let's meet your friends for the day. I am Tony, your host, and I love hot takes, or as you guys call it, Sanju Samson's keeping behind the stumps. <laughs> Joining me today, first up, he was the vice captain of cricket for Ujjain Engineering College, and he is now the spice captain of cricket on Indian Twitter. He was once the heartthrob of TIS, and he is now cricket Twitter's FIS. Every time he steps out of a library, the security stops him from leaving because he's a walking encyclopedia of cricket. We love him for his wide and deep knowledge, but even more for the laughs he brings. The man who makes even Devilius jiggle with laughter with his witty tweets. That's right. He is the A.B. Shake of bits and pieces. Say hi, Abhishek Chopra. <laughs> I didn't know there was so much to my personality. Thank you so much, Dad. <laughs> we, we are only getting started. But uh, also almost finished because there's only three of us. And rounding up the panel this week, uh, the man after whom they really named Mount Titlis. It's actually Mount Titlis, named so for the butterflies producing your tummy when this man yodels high up in the Swiss Alps. A man with a voice so rich that he has to declare his entire body weight as Swiss chocolate when he lands home in India. The man who combines chocolate and cricket for maximum enjoyment. The Nestle to the umpire's let's play. The lint to cricket loss fine print. The one who helps you understand the game even when you're watching in a haze. The Toblerone to the show, blur was on. France may have the hot couture, but we have the hot coverture. The one and only Srinath Sripath. Say hi. Wow. I was going to uh, look for the Swiss <laughs> bank or tax reference. I'm glad you didn't bring it up. I'm very happy. <laughs> I mean, next episode. Next episode, we'll get to that. Next week. <laughs> yeah. I Every mean, time uh, the intro gets over, uh, it almost feels like the time for the pod is also over. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thankfully or not, we have only three of us here today. 
um and uh, you know much like uh, the various mercenaries around we don't have a central contract and we are uh, freelancers and usually this pod is allowed nine outsiders uh, at any given point in time so but today is only the three of us when we left you last week we left you tantalizingly on uh, the verge of a gold medal for india as they faced off against australia uh, but it was not to be fell a few runs short 9 i believe is the number was it the same uh, margin in the 2017 world cup chops do you know do you remember because like there were some parallels about the the women's odi world cup final which was similar collapse towards the end when everything was going well against england yeah i think for me i mean the the lots of predictable parts of it which was like uh the the runouts the mixups and all that but i also felt really bad for harmanpreet because she yeah. was batting like a dream and then uh, she decides to play a scoop that was completely on and it goes and smashes into the middle of her helmet and which is yeah. a very classic kind of thing to happen in these calamitous collapses right like when when everything falls like it's also like the luck completely goes against you and i and i still yeah. feel if she was to around till the end could have gotten home and dry pretty Yep. Not easily, but in time uh, before the end of the innings. Tell the yeah, truth. Think, have uh, we been watching Manchester United still? <laughs> watching uh, Manchester Originals is better idea, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Familiar with calamitous collapses of most. Yeah, mostly Manchester <laughs> untied these days. <laughs> so no man, yeah. depressing. pressing scenes <laughs> but uh, it was like i mean it was a really good uh, good game to go back to the cwg final i felt a lot more uh, like india have been doing in recent times they're the only ones to challenge australia like this even in the group game they were really really good before uh, they got blown away towards the end once again but uh, hard luck i i suppose the the big match stuff will come as the ipl eventually hopefully launches next year and they play a lot more because like even in the 100 in the bbl in the former uh, kia super league there usually three or four women who make it uh, the usual suspects smriti harmanpreet deepthi and uh, jimima so this like only this these four who are there or thereabouts and the others don't even get an opportunity to play in these leagues so yeah, yeah. hopefully that comes through uh, next year that's that's about all we can hope for because it's it's a great lot right like even the fear about fast bowling after julan and shikas dropping yeah. you feel like that's addressed now through renuka to an extent by megna as well like it's it's really good signs overall yeah but yeah. is it hard luck or i mean i think uh, read the stats somewhere maybe wrong but it seems right that the australian women's team have not lost a series in the last 4 years or some crazy yeah that's true stuff like that yeah. so i mean while t20s are random in a format i think there's seriously a class above right everyone else yeah i mean meg landing is 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 totally amazing that way even even during the match when when the jemima harmanpreet partnership was going on you could really sense that uh, uh, meg landing was sort of never losing control of the scene uh, changing her bowlers quite well and uh, uh, you know once that partnership broke they just went for the kill uh, really really well uh, yeah shrinath is right i think 9 is 9 uh, is exactly the margin in the 2017 world cup final as well and uh, Uh, yeah i mean the collapse was really really heartbreaking uh, especially i mean the look on hermanpreet's face at the end uh, perhaps said it all and 
even when Jemima got out, she was she was not being very fluent with her run scoring, but you know that it only needed her to play second fiddle to Harmanpreet for India to have you know gone home with the medal. Uh, yeah, just a very heartbreaking loss. Uh, the BCCI has come out with a schedule which does have IPL penciled in formally. But I use the word penciled in because it can be erased quite easily. I'm sure that that's going not to be the in. case. Yeah, it's not inked in. Yeah, not <laughs> penned in. Yeah, so I, I'm not really very hopeful, honestly, because while the league owners have also come out saying that they would want to, or at least a few of them have come out saying that they would want to uh, field women's teams too, if there's an IPL that happens. I, I, I mean... It's yeah. it's like England touring Pakistan. Unless it happens, it doesn't happen. When you say penciled in, you're basically saying to be or not to be. That is the question. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the final was a difficult, difficult watch towards the end. But as Srinath mentioned, I think this is really developing into some sort of golden generation for India. The new players coming in are really, really good. And I mean, just it's a, just a question of more exposure, playing in more conditions and, you know, battling it out with the best from the other teams. And I don't think that success is far away, which also reminds me of uh, Mohammad Azruddin's very... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I some people might think it's, it's okay to do that now that they are getting the chances and they are playing. You criticize them as you would criticize the men's team. But I, for one, definitely think that, I mean, the, the opportunities that have been given to them are few and far in between. And for for uh, someone with Azruddin's past to say that the match was handed over to the opposing team on a platter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely We've not, seen 90s not good. cricket, bro. The platter was gold-plated and whatever, I don't know. <laughs> The only silver lining or positive, if any, you can take out of that comment is the whole weight of expectation that has been created over these recent years, right? Like, yeah. if you yeah. go, if you go yeah. back to the semi, uh, it was the first T20 knockout game they won, I think, outside of the Asia Cup. Um, and yeah. that says a lot, right? They've never, even the World Cup semi-final uh, on the way to the final in Australia was uh, was a rain uh, induced uh, handover yeah. handout to them because of the group stage and stuff. So it's a huge thing for this crew that they got that with that ten thousand strong crowd uh, heavy on local support uh, in Birmingham yeah. to to do that and yeah. and for someone like Snearana who was again she was out of the squad not long ago a year and a half ago she hadn't played for five years for her to deliver that final over. That is all like huge positive signs uh, yeah. in the in the right direction, right? Like so it, it says a lot about the fact that Azharuddin or some former captain is watching these games first of all, and that says a lot about yeah, how it's right. changed in the last five years. Oh, we have yeah. to watch to have an opinion about these things. <laughs> good, good, you clarify. <laughs> but. Uh... Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think uh, everyone pretty much agrees if there is a team that can beat the Australian women, it seems like India, right? And they've come like very, very close on quite a few occasions. So hopefully yeah. better scenes as uh, Harman Preet said uh, pretty much that, you know, uh, this team is almost setting up to 
uh, get there. Hopefully, women's IPL happens and we can we can make that happen. But on the other side, let's let's look at some hilarity in in what's happening on the Australia side, right? Because interesting things have happened. Oh, before we get to the hilarity, uh, Meg Lanning also was stepping away from cricket due to personal reasons. Like, uh, unlike um, you know the men who are chasing money, this is strictly personal reasons. Uh, which is very very interesting i mean a testament to how much they want and how boring it can get that uh, you know you want to give up right on top meg lanning is not to be confused with uh, india's bowling strategy in the last border gavaskar trophy which was leg manning right so, <laughs> <laughs> beautiful <laughs> thank Lovely. you thank you but moving on to the actual hilarity of the cwg finals um, everyone's been talking about the death of odi cricket for the longest time but something else has died before that which is covid protocols guys what is happening talia magrath before the finals uh, was declared covid positive but she was allowed to play as long as she doesn't celebrate with her teammates uh, am i getting this yeah. right <laughs> apparently she's she she almost ran into sorry the the team pretty much ran into her to celebrate and hug and everything when she took a catch and then i think it was beth mooney doing like this uh, leg uh, jiggle with her to celebrate instead of uh, actually hugging her and she was doing this whole action but anyway it's all like uh, like a big show of hypocrisy in that sense right like we've seen how strict australia has been with protocols and now now they're basically hiding behind the fact that everyone is triple vaccinated then the rules shouldn't apply for anyone else um there was i believe an an indian athlete was banned from going to the games because it was a different case and, yeah. and in this case talia magrar being yeah. her, being australia's best performer before uh, the finals made them uh, you know seek all kinds of approval and get it through harmanpreet said at the toss that they they had to agree because the the commonwealth had asked them to do so uh, <laughs> so basically saying that there was the federation uh, asking yeah. india to do so obviously mm-hmm. there's all, all sorts of counterfactuals um, if it were an athlete from the other side would australia have agreed and so on and so forth but yeah that's uh, it's it's funny it was really really funny even at the medal ceremony i think they just like eventually decided to put their arms around her and muni came out and said yeah yeah if we get covid so what now it's fine <laughs> <laughs> this is the last straw in how horribly the entire world has dealt with covid right i mean yeah. it's like it's just so ri- absolutely bizarre and ridiculous i mean obviously australia is uh, 100% allowed to play talia magrath if the authorities that conduct the tournament say it is fine but there needs to be some kind of basic standard process at, as we come close to 3 years of this right it is absolutely just just beyond satire right now novak djokovic likes this right like that's the other slow talia yes slow talia the bolt from the blue Uh, which is trend bolt uh, calling it a day on the central contract in uh, new zealand is it actually bolt from the blue or pink uh, given that he is with the royals is that actually even pink is it is it fuchsia or something else uh, abhishek chopra you are the expert on colors uh not because you are an hr and you have experience with rangoli but because you are part of the paint industry i am not throwing shade at you only a shade card you are the rishab pantone of the pot so why don't you tell us and add color to this and and, and tell us what you think about trend bold yeah to that question i want to add that i am actually color blind 
बट आई आई डिड रीड दैट द राजस्थान रॉयल्स कलर्स इज वट पेप्टाइड ब्लू और पेप्टाइड पिंक और समथिंग लाइक दैट सो या ट्रेंड बोल्ट एसेंशियली या जेलेसिल परफेक्ट वे डिस्क्राइब इट दैट समथिंग दैट आई कैन ऑल्सो गेट बिकॉज डजेंट इन वर्क कलर यू सो या ट्रेंड बोल्ट was playing cricket non stop i uh, even even when he uh, played the recent tests against uh, against england it was right after the grueling uh, ipl uh, tournament and uh, while no one saw it coming he's not someone who's who's like very uh, uh, out there in the press with with thoughts and views and opinions like many other cricketers of uh, our day and age are uh he was playing a lot of cricket he was the backbone of the new zealand bowling attack and uh given his age which is about 33 32 now he has decided to let go of his central contract and uh, and and just say that uh, he is going to freelance across the world actually he ended up saying that he's he wants to focus more on domestic cricket which is i think a bit of an oddity i don't think that's his intent uh he's still going to be available for new zealand but it's it's going to be more of a domestic cricket or domestic matters <laughs> yeah i mean could be could be the other one yeah uh, uh yeah it's it's going to be a series by series thing for him where uh, he's going to tell the board whether he's available or not depending on which league is going at going on in that time and and whether uh, he's been picked for for good money or not i think that's going to be his his modus operandi and uh, it's it's not the first time something like this is happening i mean west indies has had this problem for many many years that uh, i mean for for uh, for for you know lack of better options they've had to field teams which aren't their a a1 teams because people have decided to uh, not not even get into central contract so uh, this is honestly the first time that uh, that a cricketer in in recent times that a cricketer has actually uh, let go of the central contract from his board while it's been it's been on so yeah it's it's a big one and uh, it it's only a you know small sign for the future wherein we'll have more and more cricketers who will perhaps take this route given the burgeoning number of leagues the other news on this aspect is i think phil simmons the ex west indian cricketer and the current west indian coach has come out saying that uh, uh, he can't beg people to play for uh, for the west indies essentially referring to guys like andre russell etc who who haven't uh, you know expressed their availability for the t20 world cup so far so uh, yeah i mean that's that's another storm that's in the making and uh, uh the other news is the bbl continues to make make waves uh, now the recent development is that uh, uh they are looking at moving away from the regional boards nsw uh, victoria tasmania all of these guys own the teams right now which which play in the bbl they are thinking of moving away from this model and getting private investment in and we know which country is going to be at the forefront of that private investment uh it it's interesting to know that in australia too uh, uh, like in india you have you know all the politicians heading these uh, state cricket boards in australia it's it's mostly guys who are big in business uh, i mean so other no whether it's a <laughs> not yet not yet for example the nsw uh, i think board head 
is also someone who's who's made big money in in uh, business and he's also someone who manages pat cummins uh, those guys are totally up for private investment but i think the board still wants to hold on to the structure that they have right now because they think that they can uh, you know do a turn around in the fortunes of the bbl so yeah i mean just interesting times every week there are so many new developments and yeah. uh, once the ftp comes out it will get even more interesting <laughs> i think the only logical way out of this is for uh, centrally contracted cricketers to start their own patreon or buy me a coffee and basically <laughs> everyone in the country has to sort of fund them because it seems to be all about the money and yeah i mean it's it's uh, it's going to be something of that nature and and uh, if the ua league is a success with nine overseas players uh, a lot of those teams have started declaring uh, you know all their players uh, overseas players or some of them at least if that is a success i i think it's going to be a tectonic shift in in how cricket is played throughout the year in different parts of the world yeah yeah money and monopsony as so eloquently put by mohan on last week's pod uh, i i don't think we'll go to that that level of depth or frustration at the game <laughs> this week but uh, but bolt's case i mean the the defense from new zealand cricket is that it's a bit of a unique case bolt has three kids and he's had to stay away pretty much uh, the entirety of covid living in bubbles not able to drag his family along with him and so on whereas with leagues it's a lot more uh, i don't know the player has a bit more power in what he gets to do he gets his family along for these leagues and so on so uh, that's the defense i not very convinced at it it's it, it looks like a lot of uh, players will move in this direction even among the big 3 right like one of the things that was mentioned is josh butler between his contract with the royals and the south african franchise will now mm. earn more from those two than from his ecb central contract uh yeah. that is crazy because ecb is after the bcci the second biggest pool of contracts and i think if you have an all formats contract might even be higher than what the best indian player earns so it's going to be a dance uh, across across even the richer countries right like one point i want to make here is uh, all of all of you guys i'm, I'm excluding myself from the list were uh, basically cheering on for the death of advertising and see what has happened like i think most of the money cricketers made were from brand endorsements and but now those have died out and we're looking at ipl see advertising for the win <laughs> kind of agree in the, the sense that the advertisement thing is is a very indian south asian phenomenon right like jason roy is on uh, billboards in pakistan advertising a telephone company like it's yeah. probably it's probably not the case in england uh, or even in his home county <laughs> so it's a, it's a very south asian unique to this part of the world phenomenon but the the more prolonged problems are in the west indies with like andre russell that chops referred to russell yeah. basically took a screenshot of the cricket info article and posted it on instagram right like, that's that's what johns does usually it's not uh, russell, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> i mean to be fair uh, jones was in the west indies so we, we cannot be sure if he was operating russell's instagram yeah so so russell <laughs> russell basically shared the headline and the first paragraph and said uh i know this was coming but i'm going to stay quiet uh started off with uh, three emojis uh, clapping and three emojis five emojis of anger at the end so <laughs> more more mystery and the amazing and fitting part is sunil narayan is in the photo 
his his thing is even more of a mystery than his spin itself because uh, the the conspiracy theory you, you, you can't just rush past that let's let's take a moment to appreciate what it's come down to yeah go on <laughs> no with with narayan i think uh, the, the semi conspiracy theory with a little bit of grounding in truth is uh, he's been called for a uh, suspect bowling action multiple times while bowling in international cricket and hence uh, doesn't want to slip into the icc's radar is the theory behind why he continues to not play even in world tournaments i don't think he made himself available for the previous world t20 also so okay. his history but the icc is... can't call him in leagues is it i don't know i mean he's been called once or twice with uh, with kkr but i suppose the franchises have a bit more power there Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But but what if he bowls with a suspect bowling action but doesn't celebrate with the rest of the team when a wicket falls or something? Is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Instagram so the other thing that's happened there is is uh, what's going on with Rishabh Pant. Uh RP <laughs> bhaiya is the new nickname that he has. <laughs> what is this? So where do I even begin I don't even know where to begin actually but okay there is this uh, I, like middling indian act, uh, actor called urvashi rautela who gave an interview in which she mentioned that there was a cricketer who she made for 8 9 hours in a hotel lobby or something and i mean there is probably more to the interview i didn't see all of the interview but there was something on those lines that she said and then uh, that prompted a slight tweet from uh, from uh, rishab and then i think urvashi replied to the tweet on instagram and that was also sly and then finally it began i mean the the game of quote tweeting began and i don't know what is the latest on it but yeah i mean mm-hmm. rishab pant has been has been making waves and yeah it's it's just one of those things where uh, i'm just worried for him things can go wrong pretty quickly so yeah let's hope that it doesn't go too bad and he hasn't done anything which is which is yeah. you know not cool but when Already, it comes to relationships one would assume rishabh pant is a great choice because he's a keeper okay there was someone who said that uh, if he actually stayed outside a hotel room for 8 9 hours it means he does have the temperament for test cricket <laughs> uh, i mean at least like this this whole tradition of indian wicket keepers and conversations continues right the previous was uh, the ypu text gate uh, and this is already an upgrade yeah. on that uh, so <laughs> we're getting to a good place i think <laughs> speaking of yeah. which kl rahul's back in the side <laughs> <laughs> you needed you needed like just a small opening to get that into the conversation <laughs> but but did yeah. i get this right like uh, shikhar dhawan was named uh, captain for zimbabwe series yeah. and now that rahul yeah. became available he was even pushed to yeah. vice captain or whatever now yeah precisely so yeah. i was i was waiting yeah. for kaus to come on the pod today uh, just like kl rahul after a long absence but uh, he didn't manage to make it but the latest news is that kl rahul after being asleep for 
a fair amount of time has now made himself available and has got into the lead and is leading the Indian side uh, in Zimbabwe, in Harare specifically. So this is basically the Harare and the tortoise story where uh, <laughs> sleeping Rahul has edged out Shikhar Dhawan. That, that way Dhawan should be the tortoise, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Whatever. I mean, you you think I think through all these things before I put them out. <laughs> this is not that pod. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, interesting scenes in Zimbabwe, right? So basically, we've uh, assembled a team out of which only four members will be playing the Asia Cup. Everyone else is just there for jolly, jollifying, including Sanju Just Samson. for jolly. Just for jolly. <laughs> Including Sanju Samson, that should give you a hint as to how seriously they're taking this. Uh, <laughs> this is the test, also, is it? Like the barometer yeah. of how uh, first team India is is decided correct. by whether Sanju correct, is in the correct. team. Yeah, if uh, whether or not Sanju's uh, blue jersey turns pink, that is the litmus test, right? So India yeah. to <laughs> as opposed to the Sanju in the com box who is not even in these tours these days. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> But I'll tell you how much of a joke this tour is, is that they are resting Rahul Dravid because he's been coaching too much and sending uh, Vivius Lakshman as the head coach. Yeah. Leave room for one Rahul on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, uh, I don't know what to make of it. Like Apparently, India have used some 54 players uh, in the last year and a half, which is... Wow. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, on the on the flip side, India finally looks like it has learned how to play T20, right? So uh, this is yeah. the problem. Like when you were obsessed with uh, ICC trophies as the barometer, obviously, like everything else becomes secondary. So like play as much as you want, experiment as much as you want, as long as you'll win the ICC trophy, which no one realizes is basically a lucky draw because T20 is a shit format yeah. to have a knockout series for. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Till that point in time, I guess uh, Jamisar is safe. But to be fair, I think India has been playing a very different brand of T20 cricket, right? And it's refreshing to see yeah. that. Yeah, and even yeah, the think... team for the Asia Cup with uh, the likes of Ashdeep making it. I know there's a couple of injuries in Bumrah and uh, Ashal Patel and so on, but it's good to see these guys getting in. Uh, I know the batting is far less certain. Uh, Tony, everything you mentioned, I'll wait to pass judgment on because if they start with the top three of KLR, Rohit and uh, Kohli at the World Cup after all this, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's worth. Yeah. yeah. But if that's true. <laughs> Quick, quick noob question. Is the Asia Cup a T20 or an ODI series? It's a T20. Oh, it's okay. dependent on which world tournament is there that year. That's how it works. Oh, like that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Last time it was, I think, before the before the ODI World Cup or around that time. They're, they're basically that last ball win over Bangladesh. That was an ODI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting, interesting. But be before we move on from Zimbabwe, I think it is important to clarify that this uh, Zimbabwe tournament is ODIs and it is a part of the ICC Super League. So, <laughs> till, we, till we say that. Uh, it's this, is for, uh, yeah, this is for Nitin if he's listening to just be clarified that all is yeah. <laughs> Interesting fact I, I... about Harare. <laughs> We have we have discussed so much about Zimbabwe without Nitin randomly saying Zimbabwe in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> if you have a vice captain in Zimbabwe, uh, is he called a vice captain or a second rasa? A second rasa. <laughs> Sorry. 
Gandhar as a uh, as a as opposed to KL Rahul is a vice captain. Uh, so he's leading him. <laughs> yeah, and he's been in some stunning form, right, of late. Yeah, he was part of that team which uh, didn't make it to the twenty twenty World T Twenty. I'd like to say twenty. Yeah, the, because Zimbabwe didn't qualify for the ODI World Cup before, and then. Yeah, the, yeah. the World T20 after, so it's like a big year for him because they've now qualified officially for Australia later this year. So he's yeah. he's going well. Yeah, yeah I think uh, the other other big uh, revelation which happens with most cricketers' books these days is is the serializing of excerpts from Ross Taylor's new book, uh, which is which is timed. I mean. I don't know. Uh, he, he's retired now, so nothing to gain from uh, yeah. you know coming out with whatever he's saying. But yeah, I mean, there is uh, stuff about racial sensitivity. Uh, there is stuff about the whole uh, changeover of captaincy from Ross Taylor to Brendan McCullum, and all yeah. the all the stuff surrounding it. And then there's also um, Something that has come out what yesterday or day yeah. before yesterday. No, about... but I think just to set this up, right? The actual sort of tragic hilarity of the entire thing was the sequence in which uh, the news broke, right? And I think on Monday or so, basically we got to know that uh, Ross Taylor was subject to, um, you know, uh, insensitive racial discrimination within or banter or whatever you want to call it within the New Zealand dressing room and suddenly you're like yeah okay yeah. not so nice guys anymore <laughs> and then like on Thursday or Friday it was revealed that basically a Rajasthan Royals owner jokingly yeah. or not slapped him three or four times for getting out for a duck right so uh, I mean Indians yeah. undoubtedly <laughs> lead the you know insensitivity <laughs> league for sure so, yeah I mean and and um, I'm yet to get the book but uh, yeah it seems like it's going to be even more revelations coming out in the next couple of days next few days and uh, yeah the the part which is very difficult to read as you mentioned was the uh, racial insensitivity and and I mean guys in the New Zealand setup doing it who didn't know of his origins properly and I mean stuff about the house help and yeah just just very disheartening and I mean Ross Taylor has been one of those guys whether or not he was he was batting well you always felt um, you know that he was like a kindred spirit um, from the rest of I mean setting him apart from the rest of the New Zealand team who were even earlier, perhaps not very, very likable. Uh, Ross Taylor was someone I really liked. And so for him to have uh, gone through this was perhaps not cool at all. And uh, I mean, even the captaincy thing, uh, how it was just a game of chess and he was almost too innocent for it. Uh, and I mean, John Buchanan coming out uh, coming out in the posit- in positive light from the entire scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, you always knew that that aspect or that part of, the the New Zealand cricket history was not the not the most complimentary, not the brightest. But yeah, I mean the the details which have been revealed about how Hessen sort of engineered the entire thing, uh, yeah, just just very shocking. And uh, I think this is one of the things that was called out um, when Ross Taylor retired recently. And big shout out to Fidel Fernando uh, of ESPN Cricket for who is usually like good with this sort of stuff. He brings it out not just like paying the tribute to the player, but he also mentioned how 
the name Ross Taylor itself was a product of his headmaster being unable to pronounce his uh, three yeah. Samoan names, which are around the the Ross, right? So it's it's L R P L Taylor, uh, it's it's Lutero Putua something Lutero. Taylor with the Ross in between and eventually he comes out of it with the boilerplate white person name Ross Taylor and everyone thinks he's, he's Kiwi but he's actually of Samoan heritage and the whole thing unfolded because uh, his headmaster couldn't pronounce the rest of his names and that's kind of how the story starts and it's it's hard not to make the connections with that uh, and some of the things that he's written in the book um, there's uh, there's obviously yeah. lots of controversy around the captaincy which shops you rightly pointed out too but i think the the whole the whole thing about someone who is different to the rest of them being treated like this it's disappointingly something that we've seen plenty of times before and uh, yeah it's uh, it's depressing to read it and he's big props to him that you know he's had a career that he's had after he played under the McCallum captaincy, became one of the most successful ODI players for a long time. I think he was just behind Kohli during the peak Kohli era uh, in terms of his ODI average and his run making and so on. So huge props to him for resurrecting that career. And I mean, uh, absolutely fair to call it out now that he's hung up his boots. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Not, not to look, mention I... the uh, eye surgery he had in late 2016, right? Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. When he admitted that for two to three years, I couldn't see the ball swinging during day-night games, which is absolutely crazy if you think about it. And then to have come back, uh, yeah, great props to him. The other thing I wanted to mention was uh, how New Zealand cricket has really, really done well with uh, with respect to bringing these, uh, these sort of marginalized communities in New Zealand into the center, right in front and center of the cricket fold. Um, I was listening to a podcast by these two guys called Obon and Heller, British guys who invited uh, David Legart, who passed away sadly recently. Uh, uh, he was invited to talk about the inner workings of New Zealand cricket uh, by Obon and Heller. And this was recorded just before the WTC final. And he mentioned how uh, a lot of work had gone into this and, and you felt nice about it. I mean, whether or not you wanted New Zealand to fin- uh, win in the final, you felt nice about it. But yeah, I mean the 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 stuff that has come out, you know, obviously sort of goes against that, and it's it's uh, it's just very sad to know. Yeah, uh, the the thing about uh, the eye surgery reminds me of I think it is if I remember correctly, Asanka Gurusinghe, um, yesteryear uh, cult favorite from Sri Lanka, who actually went on uh, went on a tour and kept getting out for uh, low scores, and he was you know asked by the coach or the manager at that time why what's happening and you were in good form a few months ago few days ago whatever and he actually very sheepishly admitted that he had forgotten his glasses back home (laughs) for real (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i I got to know about this recently and yeah i mean it's just just hilarious to know (laughs) this this is when you need to have contacts uh, at all all parts of the world (laughs) looking forward to the South Africa New Zealand series and uh, public enemy number one for India last time India was uh, touring uh, South Africa Dean Elgar has come out with a statement saying baseball will leave England with egg on their faces so yeah pretty interesting stuff yeah yeah I was actually just about to say speaking of Brendan McCullum uh, baseball and uh, apparently according to some news uh, 
outlet that uh, Mufadil Vora had repo- has reported, South Africa has officially, unofficially banned the use of the word basketball uh, in, in within the team or outside, right? So, uh, so interesting. This is- this is very good timing right tony like uh, last week south africa played a tour game against uh, england lions which is like their a team and uh, a couple of guys were in the reckoning for the test squad harry brook uh, and lesso ben duckett i think who was played before but not so close to selection now so south africa got beaten by an innings uh, by england lions who scored like some 670 odd runs at 5.74 and over or something Thing, which is wow. like absolute hashtag basketball. So obviously they can ban all they want, but they're still getting beat by an innings by a second string English side right now. Yeah, yeah but actually yeah. the funny part about it is for the WTC standings. I really want South <laughs> Africa to lose. I knew it. I knew it was coming. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, I mean, a, a friend in need is not a friend in Dean Elgar. <laughs> no, but yeah, basically, uh, I would. Uh, England is anyway not reaching the final, so yeah, let mm. let England win everything. More yeah. more power to basketball. You know, I've always wondered this about uh, the England Lions. If if the A team is called Lions, what what is the main team called? Shouldn't the A team be called Cubs or something so that the main team can be called Lions? Of course, it's called the Super <laughs> Kings. Da. You've not seen the logo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's let's Mesh talk about it. Well. Let's talk about how how cricket has evolved so much that uh, Cheteshwar Pujara has forced to score twenty two runs of one over. I, I I mean I saw the highlights of that match, dude. I mean it does it looked like a complete fluke. Huh? It looked like uh, Pujara was dude, just. <laughs> what are you saying? Come on, man! No, no, no! I don't agree. <laughs> yeah, you you expect. Up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's proper shots, not made for T20 cricket. If you were chasing 22 of the last over in a T20 match, would you bank on Pujara to do it or not? That's the question. Based on the no, shots that you saw. <laughs> yeah. So the game has evolved so much that uh, Saini is doing what now? Scoops, you said? Yeah, Saini is... Uh, I don't know. what. It's a, it's a funny sort of shot. It wasn't a proper scoop, but... Yeah, like he shuffled uh, completely outside his off stump and then like uh, whipped it off, but in the air, uh, over fine leg for a four. Uh, just like bewildering. I mean, when he bowls, he can't like can't bowl anything else but a beamer. But now in batting, scooping like, <laughs> it up merrily. Man. Yeah, I mean, scooping it up in bowling as well as batting. Umesh has been doing well and I mean Krunal Pandya is I don't know Warwickshire or something he's been picking up wickets for them in the in the T20 game so yeah I mean uh, good good set of uh, performances by, by No it's in the in, it's uh, in the same game chops because uh, you if you remember uh, Yeah I just checked yeah Indians are not allowed to play T20 anywhere in uh, foreign lands so this is about as far as they can go. So, they can't play the Blast. They can't play any other league. Any of the 13 leagues that you guys any, see. Yeah, <laughs> any of the players. other leagues. So, Pujara... Basically, Krunal ran through the rest of the Sussex uh, middle order except Pujara. So, well played yeah. to the Che. Yeah, this is uh, the Royal London Monday Cup. Yeah. Doing another Neville Cardis by taking the match apart, picking it apart based on scorecard. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> USP of this podcast. 
<laughs> I, I think that brings us to the logical conclusion of this episode with uh, 22 runs scored of the last over or <laughs> the last over <laughs> that we saw in the highlights. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, anything else, guys? Or should we wrap up? No, just uh, rest in peace, uh, Rudy Kotsin. Uh, I think yeah. absolute absolute legend uh, with the slow death finger. So it's like one of those uh, throwback umpires tragically passed away in a car crash. So yeah, uh, it's just like good memories of him umpiring. There's one the the moment one of the moments that stands out is that. Uh, is that whole sangakar innings and the unfortunate end to it but uh, he had he had some great times on the field so yeah that, that, that yeah the other other thing i remember about him which was again a super funny episode was um, i think it was uh, makayan uh, antini bowling to justin langer in in a test in south africa and uh, antini was bowling over the wicket uh, uh, langer uh, 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 didn't play at one uh, shoulder arms and uh, bo- the ball hit uh, Langer right in the middle of stumps. It could have been height or you know something else, but it almost felt like Rudy was about to slowly raise his finger and give Langer out. And Langer, uh, I mean, his expressions changed completely. And uh, then he started you know pushing his arm across himself and signaling that it was you know going. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. That's uh, time on this pod as the slow finger of death is raised on us. Um, go well, Rudy Kotsin. And thank you for joining us on Bits and Pieces uh, once again. Uh, this is uh, Tony Srinath and Abhishek Chopra signing off for episode 32 of Bits and Pieces. Until next week, bye. Bye-bye. TV Empire to director, we have a player review. Can we rock and roll, please?